Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. Oh, we're going to have a really good time today. I just really enjoy uh, talking to the uh, young lady that we're going to be talking to. And, and Mitch Parfit is here. Mitch, how are you? I'm doing great, Kevin. How are you and Rebecca doing? I'm doing great, and Rebecca's got to be doing better. I'm doing wonderful. It's so great to be here. You are a really wonderful uh, coach and mentor and teacher, and you work with women to try and help them live their lives a little bit better. And uh, we're going to talk about that today and your podcast and all the things that you do to, to help people live the best life that they can. Is that okay? I cannot wait. Let's talk about all of it and more. <laughs> How much more is there? I don't know. There's hey, there's light. We're about to find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 really great to have you here. And by the way, what's it like to be selected a life coach of the year? That is such an honor. By the way, I hope you guys can't hear my new puppy. She's playing with a bone to keep her quiet during our interview. Can you hear her? Uh, that's okay. Uh, we love we very love lightly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, well, being life coach of the year was such a surprise because I had been working, 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 and not quite hitting my financial goals and not quite having as many clients as I wanted to. And I felt kind of like it wasn't working for me. Like maybe I picked the wrong career and all of a sudden I get a call. Hey, Rebecca, International Association of Top Professionals has selected you life coach of the year and I got to take a breath of relief, like, okay, I can do this. I am helping women go from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. And people are recognizing my efforts and, and I'm being seen. And yes, I'm going to keep going down this path. And, and my mission is still intact and I love helping women. So yes, that is, it was a huge surprise. Well, helping women is, is nice, but uh, men need help too. Yes, they do. Men also are overwhelmed and burned out. So my, my coaching and my teaching can work for men and women. And it's teaching people how to have work-life balance within seven key areas of life. And I call them my seven pillars of abundance. Yes, you do. And they are, they are really... Um... They're really cool. And I'm looking at all your testimonials. You've got tons of testimonials of how working with you has helped folks get from depression and anxiety and and not feeling very good about life to feeling better about themselves, about life, about how they can live in an abundant lifestyle and actually make it all work. How did you learn how to do all that? I have always invested time and money into personal development. And when I was in my 20s, I went to a class and they taught us, they called them the six building blocks of life. And they had six of my pillars of abundance. And I have always been romantically challenged up until now, which is why I teach women how to manifest their soulmate. And I added romance as another pillar of abundance. 
So I took these seven areas and every January I would look at the year ahead and I would set goals and create affirmations in these seven areas. And I started doing that year in and year out. And then I would look back on the year. And at the end of the year, most of the goals and affirmations had come true. And I just wanted to teach other people how to do that. You know, I look at the two of you. I look at Mitch and I look at you and I go, how can you guys be romantically challenged? How, Rebecca, how could you possibly be? I mean, you, you must have a great big stick to beat men off with. Well, I do now, not to brag, but before I, I had what they, uh, they say that my picker was broke, meaning if I was at a party with 99 healthy guys, I would pick the one who was like the alcoholic jerk. So I, I had uh, what they call the bad boy syndrome or the asshole syndrome. I don't know if this, this is a live show where I have to get bleeped out, but um, yeah, so I, I was attracted to the bad boys and I realized that I was talking to myself because I was a perfectionist in a very harsh, critical way. So I would attract people, men who would talk to me in a harsh, critical way. And when I started to do the transformational work of healing and talking to myself with more compassion and kindness, then I finally attracted my soulmate, who I'm now married to, who speaks to me with compassion and kindness. Now, I don't know about, about you, Mitch, but it's in my experience, there are, and, and Rebecca, I, I think that you'll verify this, there are a lot, a lot of women who have that same problem. They, they are attracted to the, the, the good-looking bad boy dude that everybody else is kind of afraid of and all that kind of stuff. I guess. Uh, why, why do people do that? I think it's all the way back from like cave woman and caveman era, the alpha male, right? Who was confident and a jerk and intimidating to other men and intimidating those, those alpha males made women feel like safe and protected. So I think it's in the cave woman instinct to want to be around an alpha male. But now that men have evolved past the caveman era, they can have, they can be an alpha male and also have a heart and have compassion and kindness. And I think that it's just, it's evolution. You know, women are biologically programmed to go for that alpha male who's a jerk. And as women evolve and men evolve, we realize that you can actually be alpha and kind. Is it true that that as women get older and they've gone through the wars of the relationships with the bad boy and the and the guy that they that, that it was a challenge for them to hang on to because they were dating a bunch of folks and doing all this and stuff. Um, and but they, as they get a little older, they recognize that the bad boys are not the really where the gold is. They do. I think I had to hit a bottom with it. Like it is exhausting. I used to want to be a fixer upper, like turn the bad boys good. And I did that. So I didn't have to look at my own stuff that needed to be fixed. I would just focus on fixing, fixing the bad boys and trying to teach them how to be good. 
And then I got exhausted. I was like, there are not enough seminars, podcasts, even positive talk radio didn't work. Like (laughs) nothing I did could make the bad boys good. And I just said, you know what? I think it's just a lot easier to find a nice guy than to try to be on a rescue mission all the time. So, Mitch, has that been your experience? Has that ever happened to you that that uh, the the that you well, I don't know how to put that exactly. Um, what's your experience been with the other side with the with with women? With oh, with with picking women? Yeah, with picking women and having them pick you. Um, is there a certain way that you have to act or feel like you have to be, or can you just be a genuinely nice guy? Um. Oh, no. I mean, I just I think that um, I for me personally, I mean, I just try to just be myself. Um, I don't know, just be transparent, try not be something that I'm not. But um, I believe in just being kind and loving to everybody. Um, I'm not somebody that tries to be mean. I've never I've never utilized, I guess, being um, that kind of guy to try to get somebody. But um, but yeah, I mean, I. I'm on the other side on the flip fence for what you're saying. I, I definitely have had a uh, track record of not picking the greatest <laughs> girls, uh, women that if you could say that um, I, I used to kind of, I feel like kind of did that little, little bit of a, that fix feeling where I'm like, Oh, you know what? I would see these different red flags or these flaws. And it was like, well, we can i'll get through it i'll deal with it or i'll figure we'll figure it out later kind of thing and then then you get so you get you go too far and then you feel stuck and then you're like oh no you're like what have i done (laughs) kind of thing if that makes that makes sense and i've done it well too many times so i feel like i've um i've been in the same boat a little bit with that and i don't know what it is I don't necessarily always pick the really super nice, kind girls. It uh, ends up being the opposite, and then it doesn't work out well for me later down the road. <laughs> you have the bad girl syndrome. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Like, I do like a bad girl, and I hate it. I mean, I don't know what to do about it. But <laughs> well, and then then you got guys like me. What happens to me is I get put into the nice guy good friend category so it's like the friend zone yeah yes. the friend, I'm, I'm in the friend zone of for for most women because i'm not i'm i've always been you know nice and easygoing and all that kind of stuff and and somehow it just doesn't resonate with some girls with most girls you're a listener they go to you and you know you'll listen and you'll do what they want <laughs> But we end up talking about the bad boy when I'm listening. It really drives me. Kevin's like, why can't I be the bad boy? (laughs) Exactly. It just didn't work out for me and and stuff. So I get where you're coming from because until you can solve that problem, uh, you're going to be going through, you know, the same guy in a different suit. And and it becomes a real big problem uh, over time. Yeah, I mean, you're the, you are the shoulder to cry on. Uh, I think women have to really just realize that life is too short to either get treated like crap by a bad guy or 
they realize it's just life is easier when there's no drama. I used to be a drama addict. I used to think I have drama, therefore I exist. And I thought a drama free relationship was boring. Then I got a divorce and had so much drama that I was like, I just want an easy, peaceful life. I actually had an epiphany. I was in a relationship uh, therapist's office with my then husband and we were fighting, which was a contrast to her office. She was boiling bone broth and had incense and candles and Buddhas and everything looked so peaceful, but we were fighting and she stopped me and she said, Rebecca, what do you want? Do you want to be married? And a voice that was not my own came through me and it said, I want a life of ease, grace, and spiritual dignity. And I knew in that moment that I had to get out of that marriage and I had to either just be single and have a peaceful life. I was good with that or just have only have relationships that were peaceful. Did When you said that, did he look at you and go, huh, what did you say? I don't understand. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think he understood. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't understand the writing was on the wall after I had that epiphany. Well, and there's so much to it. Then the seven pillars that you talk about, there's spiritual, physical, emotional, romantic, mental, social, and financial. And each one of those, if you break them down into, into, into individual parts, it is part of the whole, but without having them all together. Uh, you are leading a life that is less than what you could be. And I'm glad that you are working with, with women to help them understand all of those concepts because it's important that they live their life. We only get to be here for a short time. And we might as well relax and enjoy life because we're not getting out of it alive anyway. So you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that we take it way too seriously. And I think of having a human incarnation like a vacation. When you go on a vacation, you know your vacation has a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know that you're going to have experiences, some good, some bad, hopefully mostly good. And you want to actually enjoy the vacation while you're there. That's why you went on vacation. Well, the same is true of having a human soul. We get to come into planet Earth and take on a body for a little while. And our lifespan has a beginning, a middle and an end. And then and then we go back home. So we might as well enjoy our vacation while we're here. I agree 100 percent. How about you, Mitch? I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we want <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how how you were going to not agree, but, you know, I yeah, I did it. I didn't really see another way to go about that. Other than to agree. <laughs> it pretty nice to me, but yeah, no, I think that, uh, I mean, it being here and the time that we have is you want to have it be no drama, the easiest, you know, comfortable. You, you shouldn't have to, you know, when it comes to relationships, you don't want to have to necessarily, you know, go through all these obstacles and how all these things happen you want somebody that compliments you i think and has your back and you guys kind of work together it's a partnership right so yeah i agree <laughs> <laughs> well I, I can i go off on a side tangent for a second rebecca yeah okay because and i don't know if you know this so I'm, i want to ask you and if you don't don't worry about it and we'll just pass on uh but uh, one of the concepts that is out there in the spiritual world right now is something called twin flames are you familiar with this 
I am familiar with it. Yes. Would you like me to talk about it? I well, I just want your opinion on it because I I believe that there right now when that's one of the um, bullet points that some people are offering up this twin flame things and just to make it real simple for folks according to this belief um, you come into this world with half your soul you have either the feminine side or the masculine side and the other half is in another body and so you spend your life trying to get that body those two bodies together so that you can have one complete soul and I think personally I think that's hogwash I'd love your opinion. Sure. Well, I I have studied uh, twin flames, and it's funny because I had a psychic reading once, and she's like, oh, by the way, your twin flame is no longer in a body. They're on the other side, so stop looking for him. He's not, he's not here anymore. And I was like, that's actually very freeing. So I do believe that in the twin flames, that two souls come down at the same time. I don't necessarily think one's masculine and feminine. I just think they're very similar. There's also a lot of fighting in between twin flames because they're so much alike that they drive each other crazy. So there are those very combustible relationships that people get divorced and married five times to the same person and they're fighting and making up. And, and I think that that could be a twin flame. Uh, but what I teach my clients to do is how to manifest their soulmate because a soulmate relationship is way more peaceful than a twin flame relationship. Most twin flame relationships are really draining and exhausting and they're way too volatile. Well, what, the, the part that I have a real trouble with is, is the part about, um, um, you can get together with your twin flame and it's wonderful and it's exciting and it's the best relationship you've ever had. And then if, for whatever reason, you break up and then your twin flame goes off to what they call the karmic one or someone that they've got karmic relationship that they have to deal with before they can come back to you as their twin flame. So what ends up happening is the person who thinks that that other person is a twin flame is sitting there waiting for them to get done with the other person and then come back to them. And that can be self-destructing in, in many ways because they're not because they're not looking for their soulmate, for somebody that they can actually love and get together with. They're waiting for this dude to come back from a karmic relationship that may never happen. Um, so I think it can be it can be negative as well. What do you think? I don't think you should wait for anything. I don't think you should wait for money. I don't think you should wait for love. I think that. We are in the action business and God is in the results business. And if you have goals and dreams, you take massive action and then you let go of the results. And I really believe that having a relationship with a soulmate is better than a twin flame, because like I said, the twin flame relationship can be very volatile and a lot of fighting and exhausting and having a soulmate relationship is peaceful. So my definition of a soulmate is just someone that you have had a connection with in a past life. And there's just an instant familiarity, whether that is a soulmate friend, a soulmate romantic partner, even a soulmate dog. I know I showed you guys my dog right before we hit record, but you could have an instant connection with a pet. So it's just a, a connection that is very present. And it's a it's an instant familiarity with someone, even though you just met them. Oh, I agree. And having a um, 
a soulmate as a pet is even better because they always, pets always wag their tail when you come home. I can't say that about my significant other a lot of the time. So, um, Mitch, do you have a, a pet? I do. Yes. I got my dog. He is super loving. I, I've never thought of him as a soulmate, but, but, uh, he, yeah, he's beyond excited to see me all the time. A little too much. <laughs> Why does he pee on the floor when you come in the house? It's like, I'm so excited. Oops. I didn't mean to. Do oh no. Just like, I mean, and part of it's like, he, he just knows there's like little triggers. Like if I put my shoes on, he knows I'm about to leave. So then he starts freaking out. He'll follow me. <laughs> all around the house and i'm if i'm in a hurry and i'm trying to get somewhere and he's like he'll follow me down the hallway and then i walk back down the hallway and then he's running down the hallway and then he's back and i'm like i need you to get out of my way right now but he can't he's very very codependent he cannot be without me the benefit to it is i'd never have to put him on a leash unless it's required because he won't go more than 50 feet away from me without coming back to me so he definitely loves me a lot and i love him too he's a great dog Puppies are the best, and dogs are, are wonderful. I'm glad you've got a, a Labrador. They are the best, um, in in my opinion. Um, I agree. They're great dogs. Yeah, they they really are. How how is your how are your throwing skills? They're pretty good because I was a college tennis player, so I can oh. I can throw the ball. Very nice. Yeah. So, so you can you can you we know what you'll end up having to do. Since you're a tennis player, you take your tennis racket and you get a golf ball and you go to a place that's got a big field and you hit the golf ball with your tennis racket and that dog will run until he cannot run anymore. I've never thought of hitting a golf ball with my tennis racket. I'll have to try that. The only problem is there's not many spaces. I live right in L.A. that are big enough for that. The parks are kind of small. Oh yeah. Well, we used to, I had a, um, um, a, uh, uh, I had a dog <laughs> and he, and I would take him to a miniature golf course and, uh, and he would run and run and run and stuff like that. So you could do, you could do that. And that way you won't ruin your rotator cuff. That's right. It's already been ruined. I had it operated on in high school. Oh, in high school. Mm-hmm. From tennis? From tennis, yeah. Was that your right arm? It was. It was my uh, serving arm. Oh, wow. No, no. Oh, well. So, anyway, let's <laughs> let's get back to your work. And, <laughs> and, and first of all, by the way, I wanted to mention that you also have a podcast. I do. I have a hey. podcast called The Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show, and each week we have an expert and one of the seven pillars of abundance give you tips, tools, and strategies on how to get that area of your life to a level 10. And I'm so proud that we made the top 1.5% in self-help and, and global rankings according to the Listen Notes website. So I'm super excited about it. Congratulations. Awesome. That, that is, that's, that's really cool. We are... Um, I'm considering changing to something like that. Right now, we're in, in um, culture and and that one, and uh, I'm I'm not sure that that quite fits what we're doing. But anyway, in any event, because we love having people like you on uh, that can talk to folks in a real genuine way 
about how to live their lives a little bit better so that they can do whatever it is that they choose to do in their life or whatever their goals are or their passion. And, uh, and you, you help them with all of that in all seven pillars. That's right. What do you think is the most important pillar of the seven? They are in order of importance. So the seven pillars of abundance are number one, spirituality, number (coughs) fitness, number three, emotions, number four, romance, number five, mental, number six, social, and number seven, financial. And everybody thinks of abundance as financial, and they think finances are the whole reason to live and be successful. And I'll make a whole bunch of money. Then I'll hire a personal trainer. I'll look really hot. I'll attract my soulmate. We'll fall in love. We'll go on spiritual retreats and we'll socialize with other couples. And then we'll do our mindset work. And in my opinion, finances are the last piece of the puzzle to fall into place. Because when you're happy, healthy, and love, have friends, doing your positive mindset work, you are going to magnetize your abundance. And actually, I call myself not a life coach, but the magnetic abundance mentor. Describe for us what you, what you mean by um, what you what you what you just said. I, 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 it escapes me, but uh, you you just made a, a reference to several things. What ex- explain that to me a little bit? Well. People want to go out and chase money all the time and make their whole life about making money. And that leads to burnout because if you're constantly chasing money, you're actually chasing it away. It's like chasing a butterfly. It's going to fly away. But if you if you focus on your well-being and you are balanced, beautiful and abundant, which is the name of my podcast, then the butterfly in this analogy or opportunity or money is going to magnetize to you. So that is, that is what I teach. How does that work exactly? Well, I'm not saying that you don't take action toward making money, but I'm saying you don't want to make it your whole life because if you're a workaholic and you have no time to exercise, no time for a romantic relationship, no time for friends, no time for prayer or meditation. You're going to eventually end up burning out and not having as much energy, maybe even getting sick, maybe even dying. So that is, that is why I don't think you should make your whole life about chasing money. I think that we should not live to work, but we should work to live. And it's all about having a quality of life now it's not about putting off everything to retirement like i'll just work 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 till i'm 65 years old and then i'll retire and have quality of life i'm saying you should have quality of life now how do you help a couple with that when let me give you my personal example um i was a district sales manager i was a national sales manager i worked a lot of hours i traveled a lot i did a lot of things like that and my wife at the time, did not. Um, she was kind of a pseudo caregiver and worked part time. And uh, when I got to a point when I said, "Is this all there is?" and I really want more in life, and that's when I started doing the radio and started Positive Talk Radio and all of that. That wasn't on her agenda um, because it didn't it didn't work out 
particularly well if I wasn't going to be the breadwinner who brought in X number of dollars and so that she could live the life that she wanted to live, which was not really very stressful and she could do whatever she wanted to do. How do you help a couple that is going to go through that's going through that to get through it? Or is there a point in time like in my life when I had to say, you know, well, she said to me, this ain't working out anymore. <laughs> so so give me, give us some, some thoughts about that. So there's different styles of relationship. You know, you were in a gold digger, sugar daddy relationship. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> or a gold digger is someone who wants to not work and just exchange <clears throat> their, their looks and their sexuality for money. How did you know? <laughs> and a sugar daddy is someone who feels that they have to pay for emotional and sexual security because they don't have the time to go out hunting for it because they're too busy working. So that is the style of relationship that you are in. Uh, what I teach people is how to be a power couple. A power couple is two people that have careers, that are making money, that have big goals and dreams, and they are complimenting each other, like Jay-Z and Beyonce or... Michelle and Barack Obama or George Clooney and Amal. I mean, there's many examples of power couples, but it is a newer thing. You know, for, for, for centuries, it was men will provide financial security and women will provide emotional and sexual security. But now that women are in the workforce and they know how to achieve results, now the new thing is to be in a power couple and if you were with someone who was also really excited about her goals and dreams, she would have been more supportive about you doing positive talk radio. We know that's the interesting thing is I'm a little older than you guys. And so in my day, uh, <laughs> I hate to say that in my day, my uh, the, the way it was, was that men went to work and women tended to stay home, both my mother's. And my mother and my in my mother-in-law uh, never worked a day in their life. They all stayed home and dads went to work. And when they were done with work, they wanted nothing to do with the family or the kids or anything. And that was, that was kind of the role model that was alive back then. And it really wasn't very successful, even, even back then for them, because they didn't lead their, my dad felt stuck in what he was doing for 40 years and couldn't get out of it. So did my father-in-law and, and stuff. So they, they, it was kind of a waste of life. And I'm glad things are changing now. It does feel like a waste of life. And one of my favorite shows from the 90s was Married with Children because it kind of made fun of that old paradigm. How, you know, Al Bundy was stuck selling shoes, which was something he didn't like while his kids and his wife were just gallivanting around. So it is it's not a good paradigm for men or women. Have you ever been a lady shoe salesman? I have not. I've bought oh, don't. shoes. <laughs> It's, it's 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 a horrible way to make a living. I'm telling you, <laughs> but because I I was that for when I was a kid for a period of time. Anyway, Mitch, what do you think of this discussion? No, no, I th I mean I'm on board with the whole. I, I am somebody that looks for that power couple thing. I I 
I can't, I don't, I've never had a successful relationship that wasn't, I'm attracted to that. So when I'm attracted to people that have goals, aspirations, things that they want to do. And to me, it's, you know, how can, you know, how can I help them achieve these goals, be successful? And then do they have that same feeling for me? Do they support me? And do we share wins together? Do we come together and kind of, you know, look, you know, talk about our days and that kind of ask, you know, what'd you do today and celebrate the successes in that day. And then being able to share that. And I love seeing somebody else reach their dreams, just anybody in general. And then especially in a relationship to me, that's something that I'm very attracted to. So when you say that, yeah, you teach people and, and all these different things and you taught, you said power couple and how that is, that's, that resonated with me anyway. So I, I love hearing about that kind of stuff. Um, I do see other relationships out there where you got one that's doing all this stuff. And then yeah, you find a lot that the person that's maybe doesn't have these goals and dreams, or they're just very complacent with where they're at. They, you know, you'll find either they, depending on the other person, maybe and how much money they're making. I don't know. Either they're complaining about how much they're working or if the other person's making a bunch of money, then they don't care. But then it's not a really strong relationship. It's just kind of a, it's just like a, I don't know. It almost seems like a contract, you know, at that point, it's not really, it's not really like anything that's going to last at some point it's going to break apart. Um, and it's just a matter of time. At least that's my opinion. Yes. Rebecca, what do you think? It's it's transactional. Yes, that's the perfect word. <laughs> it's completely transactional and it's objectifying of the other person's humanity. It's just about an exchange of goods of, goods and services. And I think as humankind evolves, we are going past that just you know, I'll provide the money, you provide the sex. I mean, that is really, it's like legalized prostitution. If you ask me. Super unhealthy. Yes. <laughs> huh? No. <laughs> you all right, Kevin? <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> are you calling my mother a prostitute? No, I'm kidding. Um, because, well, see- my dad is providing for my mother beyond the grave. Like he got her the best life insurance policy ever and she still doesn't have to work so yeah it's the only difference in my opinion between a stay-at-home housewife and a prostitute is a piece of paper marriage license well and and unless unless that particular person is really in loves doing um that but i I agree with you It, it my mother never worked a day in her life and except she would go play bridge and she uh, could go bowling and she could do stuff like anything that she really wanted to do. Um, But it wasn't really satisfying for, for her. And so, but that's all she knew. Um, And as far as being a a prostitute, they would have had to have sex for that to happen. And then you're not going to ever convince me that we have, they had three kids and I think that's about it. Well, there you go. Well, we have three generations represented here. We got baby boomers, Generation X, and uh, what do you mention? Millennial? Millennial, yeah. Yeah, so we got three different points of view. It's a very interesting talk show for that reason. Well, and I re- but I really appreciate what you're doing for people because you're trying to take old people like 
like me or people that have that old mindset, that old way of thinking and try and updating them so that they can change how they're living because it will make significant changes in their life. Yeah. Rebecca, I have a question. So do you find, you know, where we're speaking about the different generations, do you find it, um, you know, with, with your teachings and the different things that you do, do you find it more difficult to align somebody or to teach or show them the things that you, you know, that, that we're talking about that are, that are in an older generation you feel like is, or do you find it harder with younger generation? I, I, my, and my, my thought is I would feel like sometimes older generations can get very, no, I don't want to change. They don't embrace change very easily, but like it can really apply to a lot of different people. But what, what do you find when it comes to that? I find that I, I usually coach women and because what I teach is empowerment. They, at every age, women want to step into their power. They don't want to feel like they have no choices, feel like they have to be a certain way. And they are both, you know, I've, I have coached women from every generation, uh, generation Y millennials, all the way up to baby boomers. And they want to feel like powerful. So they're all pretty open to learning. They're not, they're not resistant. Well, I guess too, I didn't think about it. If they're reaching out to you, they're probably searching for, (laughs) they've already committed to making a change. So do you, have you ever, do you ever, have you ever observed maybe somebody though, and, and maybe sought out somebody, you know, that didn't come to you and you were like, Hey, you know, check out my, my website or my blog, or you might, you know, listen in on my podcast or whatever. Have you, do you do that often or? Oh yeah. I mean, I think any entrepreneur is into self-promotion and I'm not everybody's cup of tea for sure. Some, some people don't want to hear progressive ideas. Like you said, they want it to be just the old school way, but definitely millennials and, and generation Z it's the opposite. They, the women are actually working. You're going to love this, Kevin. I have a course called create your six figure side hustle and the women from the younger generations, they take that course, get this Kevin, because they want to retire their husbands. So their husbands can stay home and they can be the breadwinner. So it's completely flipped with uh, generation generation Z and the millennials. They actually want to make six figures so they can retire their husbands. That's just not fair. <laughs> Apparently I grew up in the wrong generation. Kevin, it sounds like something sweet for you though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if if that ever would have happened, um I mean it's it's way too late for me now, but uh, if that ever would have happened, uh I would have been like, "Yes." Because then I I could have done I I could have done what I'm doing without worrying about it. Uh, as much as I, I had to. In, in any event, um, Holly has, is joining us real briefly. Just tuning in. What, what a great topic. I'd love to hear a success story. She's all about success stories. So Absolutely. Um, Holly, do you want to hear a financial or a romantic success story? Or both? <laughs> yeah. They can all, they can both be intertwined. They they could. So I will share. Uh, this is a very recent financial success story. 
there was a woman named Kendall that the beginning of this year, 2023, we met at a fitness retreat. And even though she already had two business coaches, she loved my teachings and she wanted me to be her coach. And I taught her my eight week program called create a six figure side hustle. And she applied the teachings. And a couple weeks after her graduating from my eight week program, she had a huge windfall of $300,000. So she sold her home and she also won a lawsuit that was stuck in litigation for two years and the case went in her favor. So she manifested $300,000 and you said both Kevin and she applied the same principles to her love life. And a couple of weeks after that, she met her soulmate. So yeah, you can, uh, you can do both. And my teachings are very simple. I, I combine the, the spiritual metaphysical teachings of the law of attraction with very practical business how to's. Exactly. Did you ever see the secret? I did. I did actually. One of the, the speakers uh, on the secret Michael Beckwith uh, was one of my spiritual teachers and he even officiated my first wedding. So, and he, uh, he endorsed my book. I am a huge fan of the secret and especially Michael Beckwith. And I got to interview James Ray. Nice. A couple of times, as a matter of fact, and he's coming back on the show in, in the not too distant future. He had, um, he went through, I don't know if you know his total story, but he went through, um, he was part of the secret. He had this great big uh, company that he was working with. He was doing a retreat in uh, um, Arizona. They went into a sweat lodge. Three people did not come out. Oh my uh, God. And so he was, uh, convicted of involuntary manslaughter, uh, even though he had nothing to do with with that. Um, but somebody was running for election. Anyway, a long story there. And uh, so he spent two years in jail. And now he is working to do exact a lot more in line with what the type of work that you're doing. He does it with more men than, than, than women. So you guys should <laughs> you guys should get together and you can work on couples. Yes, we should have a retreat. The single women and the single men but not at a sweat lodge. He's got a bad track record there. <laughs> yeah, when I, I would I wouldn't do that. But maybe a cruise. That would wouldn't that be fun? If if single men and single women who are interested in in a different way of living, a different way of being, and they went on a cruise, and I'll bet you you'd find uh, couples that came out of there, and and maybe even some people that got married. There you go. I think that was a show in the seventies called The Love Boat. Boy, you are dating yourself. I am. I, that was for you, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you very much. The Love Boat I with uh, Gavin McLeod. And uh, um, yeah, jeez. Uh, um, that was, and, and Fantasy Island, the plane, the plane was right after Love Boat. That's right. Uh, Mitch is going, I can't believe these people were watching the show when it was in its first run. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, have you I've ever seen, seen the love boat but it's been a long time and obviously it was from my parents but did you did you ever see gilligan's island oh yes yeah i saw the very first show on tv of gilligan's island oh, you wow. saw the pilot episode that's amazing the, the pilot episode in the 60s yes yes sir i've i'm i'm older than dirt i'm afraid <laughs> 
to say. But in any event, what would you? I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad that you're working with women to achieve all of the seven pillars of success. Because don't you find that one falls, then they all tend to fall because they're they're getting the understanding of how it actually works. They're like spokes on the bicycle wheel. You can you can ride a bike with a couple broken spokes, but eventually the bike bicycle wheel is going to fall apart. So I actually have a free quiz on my website, RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com. And you can take a snapshot of your life in these seven key areas and see which areas you're crushing it in and which areas need a little bit of support. And I have a free women's circle on Tuesdays at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern, where you can come in and get some coaching, community, and accountability so we can help the areas that are not doing so well get up to a level 10. Go to a circle if you can find one. And I would highly recommend yours because there is it's, it is a remarkable place for people to get together and can communicate in a very real way, honestly, and, uh, to, and take care of each other. That's, I, I applaud you for that. That, that, that is, I love this. I love circles, uh, do going into the circle and doing that stuff. Yeah. I think people are really lacking community. You know, we're in a very high tech era and the internet was supposed to create the world wide web and connect everyone but ironically, people are isolating behind their technology and they're hiding behind it. So I think live events, circles, Zooms, any kind of community that you can find that helps you feel connected is really important for your mental health and well-being. I agree with you 100%. So much so that we're just starting something called uh, Positive Connections. And that's in a Facebook group that we are putting together and, and uh, so that people can get together and, and talk to one another in a, in a real way. Uh, by the way, we've been, we've been talking with Rebecca Whitman. Uh, let's go over your numbers again so that people know how to find you because sadly we've run out of time. Well, I'm not giving out my phone number, but I will give out my social media. Well, Rich, Mitchell put out his phone number. I know. Are you are you single, Mitch? Or are you still? <laughs> it's out there. I mean, you can find my phone number online. I I realized that I realized the other day my phone number is on way too much crap, and I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm surprised if uh, I was like, it's on my Facebook, it's on like my different stuff. I'm like, man, I should probably like reel it back a little bit, mostly just because. I don't know. That's probably why I get random text messages that are spam stuff so much. And I'm like, how in the world? Like, I'm looking at my phone. I got one right now. It's just like, so. But no, yeah, no website to reach you. Yeah, so you Rebecca. can find, find me on my website, RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com. That's Elizabeth with a Z. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, Threads, at Rebecca E. Whitman. And uh, Kevin and Mitch will be sharing my link tree on my link tree link. You can find out how you can attend the women's circle and more events that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing a really fun event in December. Uh, it's a spiritual singles convention in LA called mate M and eight where spiritual singles can find each other. And I lead a lot of virtual summits and eventually I'll be leading international retreats. So definitely keep in touch with me. And I can't wait to help you reach your goals and dreams and help you go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. 
And you can do that. You've got proof. I know you do. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful website too, Rebecca. I love it. Thank you. I want to thank you for being here. Will you, will you come back and see me again? I will definitely come back and see you. Can't wait. I, I appreciate it. By then I'll come up with another show that's even older than I car 54. Where are you? No, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I want to thank you for being here, Rebecca. And Mitch, thank you for stepping in. You, you've had a meaningful impact on the show, and I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. And it was a pleasure meeting you, Rebecca. It was a pleasure meeting you. And you guys are a great team. I like the the banter back and forth and the different generations. And it is really a great synergy you guys have. Thank you. Well, th thank you, my dear. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again along with Mitch. And, uh, and I can't get him to do, he wants to do his own podcast. So that's, that's what he's going to do next. So, but I want to. <laughs> I'll still you. be on here. Okay. Well, we, that's Kevin good. thinks I'm going somewhere. He's so scared. He's got multiple podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. I live that way. I'll have Kevin way. on my podcast and I can drill him. You can, yeah, he's going to have bourbon on his. So, you know, it's going to be. <laughs> anyway, Rebecca, thank you for being here and go to your, and your website one more time. Rebecca Elizabeth Whitman.com. And that's Elizabeth with a Z. And uh, I'm really excited to keep in touch with your listeners. So don't hesitate to reach out to me if you need support in any of the seven areas of life. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, we've got another podcast that we're going to be doing real shortly. Um, and uh, with uh, Jerry Sargent, who is a, uh, a healer and does some really unique things. So we're going to be coming back with that here in just a couple of moments. Um, but in the meantime, thank you, Rebecca, for being here. And wait right where you are. I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.